you're having a good time. And then he's like, yeah, I fucking hate women. Like, I just think they're such bitches and sluts. And honestly, like, they're all just gold diggers. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with them. And I also really want a relationship with one. He'd be like, get fucked. <laughs> what? But that's the energy that a lot of women are coming into the dating scene with. Pour a glass of Prosecco, put some lip gloss on, you know the fucking drill because you're listening to Taste of Blonde, where it is a safe space to be unapologetically chaotic. Hello, my sweet manic angels. We made it through another two weeks, I think, at this point on this earth. I know I keep saying I need to get more regular with releasing these episodes, but I'm trying to get my life together, okay? I am trying my absolute best. But nonetheless, it is nice to be sitting here chatting with you guys. You know how I always have to start this with reiterating, please give me feedback. Every time, literally every time, slide into my DMs, give me feedback, or I will also just do an anonymous, like, semi-topics or whatever you want to hear, because then you don't have to actually talk to me, and you can do it anonymously, and you can be kind of mean if you want to. It's fine. I can take it. I have no feelings anymore. Okay, I'm just being dramatic. (laughs) But uh, this week, we are here with Michelle Panning. She is a super cool gal. She has just, like, a lot of, like, valuable stuff to say. I've listened to most episodes of her podcast now, which is ironic because I literally got the name of it wrong. You can laugh at me, like, in the next, like, minute of this. Um, But she has a lot of great shit to say, and a lot of this stuff is stuff I'm still like really struggling with, like intimacy issues, stuff like that. And it really like got me thinking and especially like this whole like hating on men thing because we do that a lot around here. So she offered a really interesting perspective on that. And she just has like a lot of like really great stuff to say that'll make you kind of like look deeper at yourself and like your relationship with like your body and like other people and sex and all this like your attachment issues and blah 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 a lot of it they were there were some hard pills to swallow in there but all in all really good shit and i hope like i hope you guys enjoy it we cover a lot of ground in this episode uh other thing that i'm going to mention go listen to my episode that i did with marley on confessions of a wannabe it girl it is a really great episode i recorded something with her to release on my podcast aka taste we know this now um and we're just like both very like chaotic energy the episode's like a little bit more political i'm gonna release it next week but i think you guys will love it and then well that's the episode that she recorded with me but my episode on her podcast is kind of like it's all over the place we get like a little bit political but we're just we're also talking like a little bit of dating but mostly like life and friendships and like the messiness of like life in your 20s and like instagram versus reality and being fake and being real and all this shit we cover a lot of ground so please go listen to that it's super great you will absolutely love it and i hope you enjoy the episode this week and okay also like to reiterate again Please give me feedback. Okay. Love you all. Enjoy. Bye. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This week, we have a super cool guest. Okay, well, like, they're all super cool. But this week, we are here with Michelle Panning, or as people call her, the Trigger Queen. She's host of the Intimacy Alchemist podcast and all-around super cool gal. Um, so tell us, who are you? How old are you? Where are you from? How'd you get started with your podcast, program, everything you're doing? Give us the lowdown. Yeah, so my podcast is actually called Unfuck Your Relationships, but I am an intimacy alchemist. Oh, I'm like, I have it like, oh, okay, okay, great. Love this. <laughs> Wait, no, that's actually so funny because I remember like searching it up on Spotify under intimacy alchemist and then realizing it was something else and still proceeding to call it that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like intimacy alchemist is a very, I feel like unique name i've never heard anyone that is that so it makes sense that that would stand out i, I guess that's um, what i'm running with yeah but essentially like i started that podcast because i really wanted to help people unfuck their relationships and i have a focus on romantic relationships but i've recently just pivoted into like helping you unfuck your relationships with love sex and money because i feel like it's all intertwined it's all the same thing and it's basically just helping women to come home to themselves and find their power within themselves and stop giving it away to you know their fucking boss or their parents or their boyfriend or whoever the fuck um and i started it because i had like a million toxic relationships in my own past and went on my own healing journey and so did that and now i'm in like an epic relationship and business is thriving and all the things so i wanted to help other people with that i've been doing it for like four years now i think okay you're you're spreading your wisdom to everyone and that's true like i feel like those areas are definitely like super connected like trouble like in your personal life or like with friends relationships work like they all kind of like spill over into other areas so curious do you like what do you feel like is like the most problematic relationship advice out there? Oh my gosh, that's a really good question. You know, we can we can circle back to it if you want. I was just thinking like, I'm like, you say like so many wise things. I'm like, what do you think is like fucking people up? I feel like there's a lot of manipulation tactics out there. So it's not like one specific uh. piece of advice, but like, this kind of you know this is how you hook a man and this is how you get a man to fall in love with you and these are the things to say and send these kinds of text messages like, it's so stupid to me because my whole mo is you know it sounds so cliche but like truly be yourself and the amount of conversations that i have in my one-on-one -on -one containers of them going like what should i say about this and I'm like well how do you feel about it and they say i feel xyz i'm like so say xyz <laughs> like just tell the fucking truth and yeah there's some refinement in delivery and how to actually communicate that and how to communicate from a really like healthy centered grounded space rather than like reactive and triggered as fuck but it really comes down to just actually revealing your heart, like the truth of your heart without trying to play the fucking cool girl and like, you know, I'm this and I'm that and here's, so I think that's like the most icky thing to me in that field is how manipulative it can be. And also how shaming it can be of men as well 
I hate, hate, hate shaming men. I'm not for it. I'm like, I'm bad for the shaming men, but we have talked a lot about like dating rules and kind of like, fuck that. And like, I don't know, like the right person, like you don't really have to put on like an act or like something like that. Like you can just like be yourself. And like, if you're yourself and like the person doesn't like you or you can't like fuck up what's meant for you, I guess is what I'm trying to say. 100%. And I'm just of the belief and I, I use this a lot in my business, but also just like my whole life is if I fuck something up, I can make it right. <laughs> True. Like I just trust myself to make it right. Do you know what I mean? But if you are so scared that if you tell someone you're into them, that they're going to leave, they're probably not your fucking person. Yeah. And there's like a deeper <laughs> issue there. Yeah. 100%. Like if you can't even say, Hey, I'm into you or I want this thing because you're scared that they're going to abandon you they're probably not your person and you should probably join one of my programs. <laughs> <laughs> we, we like that, the little plug there. But I, I know, I feel like a lot of that like stems back to like your ego, like the fear of like, kind of like showing like you like someone or like being vulnerable, like it has nothing to do with like the other person. Like, it's just like, you're like a fear of rejection almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I think you can't have healthy relationships, romantic or otherwise, without vulnerability yeah absolutely. you just can't absolutely so i want to i want to switch this up a bit and like so on your one podcast you talk about like you can't hate men and want a relationship with one and i feel like we hate on men a lot around here and i i was personally attacked by your one instagram post that was like you don't need to like go around boasting about how you don't like need anything from anyone like it's not a flex and i was like oh my god like i'm so called out right now so give, <laughs> give us like this little theory you have explain okay so let's just like let's just put ourselves in this situation for a second right you're on a date with a guy super hot guy you're into him whatever first date you're having a good time and then he's like yeah i fucking hate women like i just think they're such bitches and sluts and honestly like they're all just gold diggers i don't know what the fuck's wrong with them and I also really want a relationship with one. You'd be like, get fucked. <laughs> what? But that's the energy that a lot of women are coming into the dating scene with. With like, I'm jaded, fuck men. I don't want any fuck boys. If you want to hook up and swipe left, does, does that energy seem inviting to you? Like you are not being a safe space for anyone and that's and if you want a relationship where someone holds space for you and who is a safe person for you why don't you look at you being a safe space for him as well because you know what happens is a lot of women bitch and complain about men and they complain about how men never open up to them and then when a guy opens up to them they get the ick Right. That's, that's so true. So work on work on your own shit around vulnerability, around men being vulnerable. Like you say you want this conscious man who loves you and adores you and cherishes you and opens up and can talk about his feelings. And then you get one who does and you're like, oh, gross. Yuck. Right. 
you have to let go of the shit that has happened to you. Yes, it's awful. You've been ghosted. You've been cheated on. You've been whatever. I get it. And you can acknowledge that pain. And like, look, I also want to set, put a caveat here, right? Or not a caveat. I just want to like preface something. Like I said, I worked in the sex industry. I saw the worst of the worst, right? I walked into a workshop around men and I said, um, I don't know what you want me to do here. Like, I fucking hate them. They're all assholes. They really are. They're abusive. They're manipulative. They're misogynistic. They're blah, blah, blah. And we had to write our beliefs around men. And I had nearly 40 negative beliefs about men. And now I teach about loving men because you're not actually seeing the man in front of you. You're not seeing his heart. You're seeing the projections of every single man, including your dad who has hurt you and projecting it onto this man. I'm like, I don't even know what to say. I'm like, it's just like, holy fuck. Like, yeah. Okay. I hear you. Oh my God. Yeah. I, yeah, that's okay. I'm speechless. This is a lot. <laughs> and I, yeah, it's a lot. Even like how you have gone from like, like you said, like experiencing like some of the worst men ever and like feeling like so disrespected. And then like now you're in a place where like you've done that work in between and like found like a really like healthy relationship. Mm. I feel like I know you said before too, it's like, you will kind of take on this whole I hate men thing like when you feel threatened not you like women in general and I'm like I mm -hmm. totally like I'm like I feel like I'm so scared of getting hurt and I'm don't want to enter like anything serious because of that so then I'll like put up this whole I hate men and I'll just keep like running with that narrative and then you don't like attract anything serious because you're like repelling it away and then this cycle continues, right? I never get what I want. I hate men. I'm not getting what I want. I hate men, blah, 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 blah. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that, you know, men can't hold you and whatever. And also like, look at the people you're entertaining, right? If you're still entertaining bullshit, that's on you. Yeah. Don't get, like, actually, don't even get mad at him for his bullshit you walk away walk Say, away like, from it yeah don't be in like situations that don't like just are making you happy yeah and you can't expect a man to cherish your heart if you don't cherish your heart wow i'm still stuck on how like you're projecting like your feelings from all your past interactions with men onto like the new one that you meet i'm like holy shit. yeah and i mean it's so easy to do like i even notice it in my own relationship right like which is like I've never in my life met, met a man so grounded and centered and like it connected to his heart. He's just like, oh, I love him so much. Um, and I notice that, that from time to time, because when I, in my past relationships, I, if I asked for something, I was told that I was selfish, right? And so there's a part of me that can be scared to ask for something or, you know, we had a disagreement once like months ago and we just like so calmly talked about it. And I was like, wait, you're not mad? He was like, why would I be mad? Because I'm like projecting that like, well, this has happened so many times in the past that you're just gonna do that again. 
when that's not who he is. That's not his nature. Yeah, that's, right? that's so interesting. Like, I had like a pretty healthy relationship for four years. And what I noticed, like with my friends who had been mainly coming from toxic relationships is they didn't they didn't believe like there was more out there for them essentially like i'm like you know like you can find someone who won't make you anxious like who's not going to talk to you like this and they're like well like aren't like all men like just like this and i'm like no like this is not normal to feel this way 100 percent, 100 percent. like i was so anxious in my past relationships like a psycho i've done some psychotic shit in my past <laughs> and now with my partner like i just it, it's and I've had some jealousy stuff come up, but I'm like, I know this is fully my shit and I'm owning that. And I fucking trust you because a lot of women say that they don't trust men, but it's just a projection of your own lack of trust within yourself. You don't trust yourself to see the red flags. You don't trust yourself to say no. You don't trust yourself to walk away. You don't trust yourself to set a boundary. And then you put it on him and say, I don't trust men. Bullshit. Wow. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's so true. And I feel like in the right, like, I don't know, like in a healthy relationship, like where you're both like emotionally vulnerable, it's like, that's one element is like, you, you have to put that like trust in someone else. Like you, Love you have no is choice. inherently risky. Yeah. You know, like it is, it's risky. If you want to love, you risk loss, but feeling that and allowing myself to feel that and trusting myself to hold myself in that that if he did leave for whatever reason like i would be devastated and i can hold myself in that that's like moving from like anxious to like secure attachment essentially 100 like accepting the yeah. risk i feel like i felt like both ends of it because i used to I think my attachments are pretty like disorganized all around, but I used to be a bit more anxious, like, oh, they're going to leave me. And like, now I feel like almost like the other way, like when someone pulls away, I'm like, okay, good. Like I didn't want it. Or if things are going well, I'm like, holy shit. Like I'm so fucking scared right now. Like this is, I have to like sabotage this somehow. Mm -hmm. But it's like kind of moving to that place where you can like accept that risk, like either way. Well, an anxious and avoidant are actually scared of the same thing. Yeah. Which is abandonment, right? But at least the anxious person allows themselves to get close. The avoidant is like, I'm not even trying. I'm not even going there. Runs right away from it. Yeah, absolutely. But like, yeah, like, you know, if you want to have a relationship with a man, you have to examine the shit that you're saying. Like I lost a friend, like a very close friend a few years ago because she would not stop talking shit about men. And I was like, I'm not engaging in this. I was, and because like we, we bonded over that. We were both strippers and I was like, we bonded over how awful men were and how shitty our lives were. And then when I started to shift out of that, I was like, yeah, I'm not engaging in that anymore. So notice the conversations that you're having with your friends. Are you bonding over shit talking men? Cause you need to examine your friendships then. Yeah, that's true. I feel like I have like some friends where it's like, that is kind of like the discourse, but then like others that like, you kind of go like a different level of like emotional depth and you're like, okay, well, like it's more like critical, like, well, they did this, but I did this. And like, you kind of look at the situation like more holistically, like you're explaining before. 
Yeah, totally. I'm not saying like, oh my God, men are total angels and they can do no wrong. And like, this is all on you women. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I think you said in one of like your podcast episodes, like, yeah, like this guy was being an asshole, but like, what are you doing? I want to go into like this idea, like of sexual shame and like shutdown. I know you've talked about it in a couple of your podcast episodes. Could you like explain like a little bit about like what it is and like how like women may experience it? Yeah, sexual shame. It's like you know, maybe some people know overtly that they have sexual shame and some people don't, but the way that it manifested for me was, um, just feeling like a kind of like ick if I was touching myself, like I would always use a vibrator, always, always, always. And I would feel a lot of ick around touching myself. I was totally fine with the word pussy, like everything. Um, but for a lot of women, they hear the word pussy and they're like, yuck, don't say that. I feel uncomfortable. Or not being able to ask for what you want in bed, not even knowing what you want, feeling dirty around touching yourself or feeling ashamed of your sexual desires or your sexual fantasies that you may have or you know like if you constantly need to use a vibrator or watch porn there can be an element of sexual shame there because it can be kind of a disconnected way of self-pleasuring um when you're with your partner you know kind of checking out not being in your body so there's a million ways that sexual shame can can show up and i think most women have some sort of sexual shame to be honest um because we live in a world and a society that tells women that you you know you should be good pleasing you should put your partners whether or not it's said it's implied in society that like a man's pleasure is more important than a woman's pleasure you know like oh if if you have an orgasm like that's a bonus but he should definitely come and if you and if he didn't come that's your fault right i've done yeah i've definitely been in a situation where like i've internalized it like when they don't and you're like well why like what's wrong like are you like really too drunk like is there something like wrong with me and I, yeah, I know. And you talked a lot in your podcast about how like we tend to like make sex about the other person. And I was like, I like I didn't even realize like I do that, but like I one hundred percent do. Yeah, and I think we also have like a really limited view of what sex is. Like when we think of sex, we think of penis and vagina penetration, and sex is actually so much more than that. And you know, there's like intimacy that's required. And oftentimes we're so focused on pleasing the other person that we just actually forget that this is a sexual experience for us as well. And our pleasure is important if you're not feeling pleasure. And actually the amount of women, myself included, that have not only not been experiencing pleasure, but actually tolerating pain is crazy right? Like, we're just like, "Mm, well, yeah, it's painful, but that's what you do. You kind of grin and bear it, right? Which creates a lot of trauma, like physical trauma and emotional trauma. And I just, I don't fucking buy into that. 
that that hits hard because I remember like one time when I was having sex like I was like ow and the guy was like you're like ruining it by saying that I was like, I didn't even realize that. Like, holy shit. Like you literally do. Like you're, you're putting up with like a lot. And I feel like some of this we don't even realize because we normalize it so much. It's so normalized that like, you know, sex can be really painful. And, um, you know, if a guy doesn't want to wear a condom, then like, yeah, don't put up a fuss. Just don't wear a condom. It's fine. And you should definitely be on birth control because, you know, like, whatever, that's your job. Um, like, just all these things that it's, you know, all this responsibility that doesn't have to be yours. And I think we've just forgotten that sex is mentally pleasurable. And we've forgotten how to actually connect with our bodies. Like we're having sex and we're so fucking disconnected because we're just worried about what's this person doing? If he's going down on you, right? You're thinking, how do I taste? How do I smell? Is he bored? Right? Oh my God. I've definitely thought that like, am I taking too long? And I remember Mm -hmm. being like, okay, like I'm over this. And like guys are being like, okay, like give it a chance. Like, and I'm just like so anxious in that moment. Yeah. And then it's not enjoyable because you're not actually present and worry. You're worried about like their experience. So you can't actually receive. And a lot of the time we're worried about like, I don't want to receive because then I feel obligated to give. Yeah. And so we put, we push it away. Not, I'm just not even going to do it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Like it's like these internalized kind of like ideas we build up in our head. Yeah, absolutely. And we get to question like, is that true? Do I want this to be my experience? Do I want this to be my truth? I don't. Um, what are like some ways you think like we can kind of like take this power back? Like if we're experiencing like the sexual shame or like disconnect? I think it starts by looking at the stories that you have inherited from your parents, society, you know, the collective really around what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a sexual woman, what it means to have a pussy, what it means to experience pleasure, all of those things, and then really get clear. Like, like I just said, is that true? Is that, does that serve me? You know, that's so, that's so basic, but like, is that really serving me? For me to think that I, my pleasure is secondary and I have to worry about my partner's experience or even that my partner's pleasure is my responsibility. Does that serve me? No, probably not. So then you get to choose a new narrative for yourself. And then there's other things like, you know, I go into it really deeply and go fuck yourself, but looking at desires and actually being okay with wanting things, right? Cause as women we're told you should want for anything. You should be selfless. You should be a good woman, a good wife, a good mother, and you should be selfless and give to everyone but yourself. And so then all these stories around, I'm, a, I'm greedy, I'm a bitch, I'm selfish for wanting something. And um, yeah, and then there's like a regular self-pleasure practice, actually, just to fully connect with yourself. I also like how you said, like, kind of looking at, like, why you're engaging in sex and, like, how, like, how you're doing it. And not just, like, people who are, like, going out and, like, having a lot of sex, but people who are, like, holding back as well. And, like, why, like, why they're choosing to do either one. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's your intention? If you're, you know, like I literally could not give a shit if you fuck 4,000 people in your life or you fuck one. Like I genuinely have no judgment either way. My question is what's the intention behind it? If you're sleeping with a lot of people, great. If that's coming from a space of like, I really love to explore my sexuality. I love to have lots of partners. I love to connect with different people. This feels really good and being really safe about it. It's intentional. Or is it coming from a place of, I don't know how to connect with anyone. This is the only way I know how to connect. I get validation through having sex. And then I feel like shit after I do it, maybe don't do that. If you are holding back and not having sex with anyone and um that's totally fine as well is it coming from a space of like actually i'm really waiting for the right person and i want this to be really intentional or is it coming from a, of a space of i'm terrified to connect with people and so i'm going to hide behind like i'm pure and all of that but actually you're just fucking terrified to put yourself out there and to really be seen so what's the intention I've definitely felt that of like using sex as like a way of kind of avoiding like emotional intimacy almost and like covering it up until the point mm -hmm. where like you do experience like connection through it. So then it eventually just kind of like blows up in your face. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I experienced those a lot because I used to work in the sex industry for 11 years. I was a stripper and I would get so much validation from you know, being naked and having that, oh my God, you're so hot. You're so sexy. Oh, I would do anything to be with a woman like you. Oh, great. Amazing. But it was all bullshit, really. Like my self-worth was in the fucking toilet at the time. And so it's the same thing when we're having sex for validation. It's like, yeah, you get, it's like a drug addict, right? You get that immediate hit, but the long-term effects of that is extremely detrimental yeah no absolutely and i i think like i guess like one way i experienced it of like not wanting to feel like any emotions associated with it was i noticed like for the longest time i would only have sex like when i was drunk mm -hmm. and then it like it kind of like got even worse where it's like then i would have to be like super drunk and then it's like i couldn't even like think about like would i want to connect with someone like that otherwise totally totally like oh my god the amount of drunk sex i've had with literal randoms is fucked <laughs> but like and and same it was like i i want connection but i don't know how to have emotional intimacy emotional intimacy scares the shit out of me so i'm gonna like drink and even people that i'd go out on dates with like i wasn't wasted but i'd have you know four drinks or something so i was like I was inebriated enough that it took the edge off. Yeah. Right. And then it required nothing of me. It didn't require any vulnerability. And with my partner now, it's like we were extremely intentional about the first time that we were intimate, like physically intimate, because we wanted it to be a space where like emotional intimacy was very present. 
And it's like the deepest, most beautiful relationship I've ever been in. So if you're like, oh, I'm scared of emotional intimacy, like that can change as well. But it starts with you being able to feel your shit. Also, okay, I feel like everyone's like kind of wondering this at one point in time. Like, how do you ask like for more from a guy without asking for more? Like, he's not planning shit. Like, he's not, like, texting enough, calling, whatever. Like, he's too busy with work. And you, like, you want that time. But, like, how do you, like, you're not going to beg for it. Like, what are you going to do? So this is about, like, guiding with your feminine desires. So, like, it would feel really good if we could connect more throughout the day. What do you think? And then just leave it on him, right? You don't have to say, I need to hear more texts from, I need to hear more. You need to text me more, right? You don't need to demand. You can say, what would you love? What would feel good for you? What would this provide for you? If you heard from him more, how would that impact your life, right? Because contrary to popular belief, most men want to make you really happy, actually. And so it makes them you feel can good. share exactly. It's the core of the masculine to provide and protect. Right. So you can say what you would love. Now, if you're saying what you would love and a man is consistently not doing that, then it's on you to re- to evaluate whether or not that's a relationship you'd like to be in. Yeah. I feel like I always get like, I find it hard to be like vulnerable and communicate like, Oh, like, I actually like do want to see you more. I actually like do want to talk to you. And I find like I deflect that sometimes with criticism. Like I'll be like, I don't know like why you haven't done this or like you you like should have done this or instead of just saying, wow, like I would really like love if we did this. Yes, that's that's a great point because under every criticism it is is a desire. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, you never put your socks away. You always leave them on the floor. There's a desire for like cleanliness, right? You never spend time with me on the weekends. There's a desire for connection, right? You never go down on me. There's a desire for pleasure. There's a desire for intimacy. So can you see how coming from the other space of I really love it when yeah. It's completely different to when you do this, I fucking hate you. <laughs> like, and I, you know, yeah. someone's not going to be receptive to that if you're just like judging and criticizing them all the time. Yeah, it makes them want to do it like even less. Like, and like they associate you with like these feelings of kind of like nagging and like just criticism. Like, it doesn't make them feel good. I noticed like you're the, mothering them. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed a bit of a change when I started like kind of like when something. I liked what happened, I would like express that I liked it instead of like covering up all my emotions. And then I feel like that energy kind of runs instead of like you just being like, well, I want this, I want this. Well, the masculine thrives on appreciation. Yeah. And admiration, right? So, and this goes with your own masculine as well. When you do things, do you appreciate yourself? Or do you criticize yourself and tell yourself how shitty of a job you're doing and how you could have done it better? I also, I love how you said, like, 
you will like literally just like stand in front of the door like for men to open it and I'm like I have like I've done that like I was just like I remember one time one of my friends was like oh well like the guy went out with his nice like he opened all the doors and I was like oh I'll just like stand there like I'm like I will just stand there until they do it I'm like I've never even noticed <laughs> I did something with my partner once and I'm I'm trying to like remember exactly what I did, but basically like it was the car door and I stood in front of it and I was like, oh, like the doors, like it's not working. And he was like, what do you mean? And he came and he opened it and he goes, it's working. And I went, thank you. <laughs> and I got in the car and he was like, cheeky. <laughs> I feel like my, I did, like, that's funny. I feel like my feminine energy would like, wait for them to open it but then my masculine energy would make like a comment like are you not gonna open this <laughs> yeah which comes across as entitled i, I know right? I, like you're not entitled to it but me going like oh i think it's broken is like a cheeky and funny playful way of letting him know my desire versus well the door is not gonna fucking open itself kind of vibe like no one wants to provide for someone who feels entitled to that that's that's so interesting I feel how do you okay I am so curious what you think like when it comes to like paying on dates like how do you how would you navigate that in like feminine energy because in feminine energy you accept it but like people do feel I feel entitled to it usually but how do you get rid of the entitlement but still like receive well, yeah, there's a difference between like feeling deserving, um, like worthy of receiving versus feeling entitled to receiving. No one, you are not entitled to him paying for you. Yeah. Yeah, you're not entitled to that. You're not entitled to anyone doing anything for you, actually. But you can feel worthy and deserving of it. And so for me, like, there, I know there are a lot of women who like refuse to pay on dates. That's not my vibe personally, but like, if you do amazing, great for you. So if a man wanted to split it, I would like, if he suggested that on the first date, but like, that wouldn't feel good to me, you know? And I might express that of like, oh, that feels a bit weird. That feels a bit interesting to my system. But <laughs> what happens? Interesting to your system. I love how you put that. You're like, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, and they can they can tell. They can tell. Like, I don't have to say, I don't want to split it. I'm just like, oh. Okay. Would you, and would then you they offer to split it? I used to. I don't anymore no yeah i feel like I, no. I never offer really but yeah i would like if they want to split it like i would i would just kind of like be like okay like i would never see this man again i do remember being on a date and the bill came once um and a guy said what should we do with the bill and i was like i said i'd rather you decide <gasps> and he said okay well um did you want to split it or do you want me to get it and i said it would be preferable for me if you got it that would feel really nice and i would appreciate that this like receiving right so he pays for the meal like i don't offer i don't offer and i don't go oh no 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 let me get it i've got it i'm just like thank you so much i really appreciate that 
I feel like I realized I had like a lot of like untitled energy when I like I was thinking back I recapped this with a friend once I'm like I've gone I'm like some dates like with my ex like after a date like I'd always be like thank you so much for dinner or whatever and I'm like I'm going on all these dates and I don't even say thank you and I was just like holy shit like I get I mean I guess they were like mostly drinks but like still I'm like I don't like I'm out here not even saying thank you like what is going on yeah and i think it's just like are you viewing men as just these pieces of meat to like serve your needs which is yes. probably how you think men view you in regards yes. to sex yes that's literally right? that's literally it exactly like and yeah. i even like um like aside from like paying for stuff like I'd be like well what am I getting out of this like I had someone who would like help me with school for a while or like stuff like that and I'm like that's that's so true that's exactly how I viewed it and people are not pawns for you to play with yeah you know like I think there's this this idea that men don't have hearts and men don't feel men feel very much they're just not as outwardly open about it yeah, it's so true. I had another guest on and she's like, my boyfriend's love language is like words of affirmation. And like, sometimes we forget like, men need that affirmation as well. Like they're, they're literally, they're, they're human. <laughs> they're hu I know, I know. And that sounds so like basic, but I actually think that we forget that because there's this like male bravado and like, you know, like beating of the chest and I don't feel whatever, but like, actually there's a little boy inside him that needs love and safety and belonging just as much as your little girl. I know. And I, I think like going back to kind of like the problematic, like dating advice, there's a lot out there. Um, just like making stuff up about men. Like it's like, oh, men are this, men want this. And it's like, like, that's not necessarily true. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen some like fucking shocking shit of men talking about women yeah. on TikTok and stuff, you know, this like Andrew Tate guys, like, huge on I, like, oh, I fucking can't with him you know but like I even when I view him I see someone who's deeply hurting inside who has been deeply wounded by the feminine and by women and is now lashing out That's which we all we've all done that I know it's so true it's so interesting I remember this one guy he went on and on and on like oh like everyone cheats like everyone cheats like blah 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 and then I found like as I got to know him like both of his ex-girlfriends cheated on him mm -hmm. and it was just like all a projection of that and then you build up yeah. this like intense like overly like masculine kind of persona that's like very jaded and like all these beliefs and it's like you're just like projecting like how you feel about yourself yeah totally so there's there's a lot of pain you know and i think it's actually really important that we drop the entitlement and recognize that there's another human being in front of you you don't have to like that human you don't have to go out with that human again but recognizing that they're a human with their own trauma their own pain their own wounds their own hurt oh yeah absolutely like in that situation it's kind of like I this isn't like being with someone like this isn't like healthy for me but like this kind of like not having space like for my emotions or like this or that is coming from like a place of like maybe this person like never had their needs met like 
with their parents and now they're like a bit more like avoidant or like then they these like jaded kind of like outlooks are like they're coming from somewhere exactly yeah and I yeah feel- and so to have compassion for that I know and I feel like with girls all the time like it's like oh well like they just have daddy issues or like this or that and like no one like no one like questions that with men like they think like they just like stomach all their issues but it's like men have mommy issues men have daddy issues and like that's informing like the way they treat women totally and I think you know women we have spaces like this right there are a lot of podcasts like this that we're having conversations like this and a lot of women's circles and programs that are specifically for women. Like I only work with women, right? And men don't have that as much. They actually don't have as much support. And so women, right, it's in our nature to get together with our girlfriends and we talk and we'll cry in front of each other and express our emotions, you know, for the most part. Men, that's not socially acceptable yet. It's becoming more so, but so how does it come out? Sports, hockey, whatever get drunk and you fight. That's how they get their, their shit out. Right. How many times have you seen a guy get fucking wasted? And that's the only time that he talks about his feelings. Low key me. Uh, But yeah, most, most men. Yeah. And it's like, because I mean, you would know if you're doing that, how much energy it takes to keep that shit in. It's that's so interesting because this one guy like I remember he had so like just like emotionally like fried is how it came off like just never acknowledged like any of his feelings which was fine like because it was never like anything serious but I remember one time like he did like a bunch of coke and was like like don't like don't go home like I know sometimes like you'll leave like in the middle of the night like don't go like don't go and it was like very interesting it's like these feelings like surface like at a time like this mm-hmm yep Totally. And that's why people use like drugs and alcohol because it's the only way that they know how to connect. I just want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom with us. And where, where can everyone find you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Michelle Panning. Um, that's like where I'm most active. Like I give my Facebook, but I'm literally never on there. (laughs) So just check my Instagram. Um, and yeah, I've got hates of programs out, um, taking one-on-one clients as well. So we can go really, really deep into these things and yeah, there's always new things coming out. I've just actually, as we've been talking, I was like, I should release a program on men. (laughs) So who knows that might be coming out. (laughs) You really should. Um, I will link your Instagram and your podcast, which is unfuck your relationships because I messed that all up. Um, and thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me.